Viva Las Vegas. The Jets will play primetime football Sunday night as they head to Vegas to take on the Raiders. Fresh off a win over the Giants. The Jets not too fresh off a pathetic loss to the Chargers. Will Zach Wilson last this entire game? Do the Jets bench him and go to Boyle? Kaz and I will discuss the dramatic quarterback saga yet again with the Jets. We'll preview and make our predictions for Jets Raiders. And joining me later on in the program will be special guest Paul Eston Jr., a.k.a. Boy Green from Heavy Sports. You know him from Jets Twitter. He is electric. He is a fun time, and he's going to join me later in the show. It's all coming up next on a Raiders Week edition of Gangs All Here from the New York Post. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What a bum. Look at the freaking scoreboard. You are not close. You play to win the game. Why can't the New York Jets ever have nice things? You're a Jets fan. You guys have to earn this stuff. You're going to have to suffer through another few years. I don't mean to sound like the get off my lawn guy, but get off my freaking lawn with that. I forgot what it's like to win football games. I mean, you can't make it up with this team. Happy Victory Monday, Jake. Only for you guys would I do this. Only our gang's all here. We love it. Welcome back to Gangs All Here, our New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. I'm Jake Brown at Jake Brown Radio on Twitter, alongside Brian Costello, Jets B writer for the New York Post at Brian Cos on Twitter. Joining me later in the show will be Boy Green. You see, he had a, a Twitter feud. Jets, Jets Twitter is an interesting place, guys. And there was a feud with this guy, Michael Nania. And, uh, it was pretty entertaining to watch. So, He'll join me later on in the program, but it's Raider week. Sunday night football. Get ready. Aiden O'Connell versus Zach Wilson. The matchup that we are all waiting for, guys. The Jets are one-point favorites. Well, starting off the week, you guys talked to Robert Sala. He didn't have much to say, and I think he was tired of the questions by the time he was halfway through Michael K interview. He said, I plead the fifth on why Zach Wilson has not been benched yet. What's your whole take on that situation was – he just asked too many questions and got tired of it. Or is there initiative from uh, Joe Douglas of why Zach Wilson is still the quarterback? Yeah, I think he was tired of answering the questions. I mean, if you listen to the whole interview, they, they did a good job. Michael, Don, Peter, they, they asked him a lot of questions. He had just finished a press conference with us where we asked him a lot of questions about it. So I think he was fatigued. You know, that being said, Jake, I don't think this is a simple, they're ordering him to play Zach Wilson. I think it's a question in the organization of a couple of things. One, the alternatives aren't great, right? I think if Mike White was here right now, Mike White would be playing this week against the Raiders. I, I think Tuesday morning there was a lot of emotion in the building. I do think that there might have been a change made if if they had a better alternative. I don't think they really feel great about Tim Boyle. I don't think they feel great about Trevor Simeon. So they're holding off. But and like to Jake, if if this is it, this is this is Zach Wilson's last stand. If he get if he gets benched now, there's a chance they'll cut him. I think like like he doesn't come back from this. 
right? He's come back from other things. This is it. It's over. Um, so as an organization, that's a big decision. You, you, you did draft him number two overall. You've invested a lot of money and a lot of time in him to make the decision where you're saying that's it. He's, you know, he cannot be salvaged is a heavy decision. So I don't think it's simple. Right? I think everyone wants it to be like, oh, they're ordering a solid to play him. I think there's debate inside the building about those things. And, you know, I do think on Sunday, if Zach looks bad in the first half and the offense is not doing anything, I think you'll see Tim Boyle in the second half. I do. I think this is the week where that happens because I think they're close to doing that. I'm not sure Tim Boyle will be better than Zach Wilson, but he would at least, I think, give them, give the offense just a little lift just to see someone different. And that's not really, I don't know if that's sustainable, but it, at least you might be able to get a couple games out of it. You know, I think you're buying time, hoping that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back at some point in December. And Tim Boyle knows the playbook inside and out. Like he's been here. I know he hasn't had first team reps exactly, but he's been here for months. He should know it, you know, like the back of his hand at this point where Trevor Simeon, less time, you know, they're both immobile. I think Joe Douglas did a terrible job of getting a mobile quarterback. Now, Zach was the backup. So now we're talking third and fourth stringers before the season. But I I really thought he should have addressed that. Like, again, I'll say Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs is very mobile and was available for the taking for a a swap of a seventh to sixth round pick. Josh Dobbs won one game. As a start of the season, James. but he's looked solid this year. He hasn't looked like a bum. I know, like, I know, but he's. It's not like Josh Dobbs was this like magic bullet. He had a great game last week, an incredible story. But it's you know, it's it's getting overstated a little bit. And you said it. It's the third and fourth quarterbacks. You're not really evaluating their traits at that point. Like it's not like you have Lamar Jackson, and you're like, okay, if he goes down, we need to have somebody who's can do the same things as Lamar Jackson. Like you're. You just, it just, that's not happening. So I, I think it's fair to criticize Joe Douglas on having Zach Wilson as the backup, right? I, I understood why he did that. It hasn't worked. It looks really bad right now. It looks like a really bad decision to have Zach Wilson as the backup. And, uh, you know, that, that could end up being the story of the season. Yeah. I think top to bottom, it's been fumble from the top, knocking to the quarterback. Then they got screwed with Corey Davis leaving, but didn't replace him. They're selling me Xavier Gibson like he's Jerry Rice. I get he's a good story, but to make an undrafted rookie, your next best receiver after that. Alan Lazard has been a disappointment. So I just think from top to bottom, cause they haven't put enough on the field. They haven't put enough on the depth chart for this team to succeed when one man, two men, three men go down. And the offensive line has also been in shambles. Everyone's been getting hurt. Now Billy Turner's hurt, which some Jets fans are saying that they're better off without him on the field. But I just think the depth chart wasn't filled enough when they started losing guys. And listen, they're unexpected. Like, you didn't expect Corey Davis to leave. You didn't expect the four snap to Aaron Rodgers I didn't expect Corey Davis to be on the roster. Honestly, like we said that a million times. Like, Corey Davis was never going to be on this roster to me. And, like, Corey Davis seems to get better every week with you Jets fans. He doesn't play. Like, you guys kind of forget. He wasn't that good. And he got hurt all the time. Like, Alan Lazard is Corey Davis. Like, they're the same player. When I watch Alan Lazard, I'm like, Jesus, like this, he looks just like Corey Davis. Corey Davis might be a little faster, but like Corey dropped a lot of balls. Corey had games where he didn't do much. Like he'd have one or two plays here. Like they're they're the same player to me. And they, that's why the Alan Lazard thing didn't make total sense to me unless you were going to get rid of Corey Davis because they basically have the same skill set. And that, you know, you didn't mention McCall Hartman. They they really screwed up with McCall Hartman. That's, Mm -hmm. that's, if you want to ding them on the receivers, McCole Harbin, they signed McCole Harbin and Randall Cobb to be their slot receivers. McCole Harbin is now in Kansas City and Randall Cobb's on ice, right? He was a healthy scratch last week. So that's where the Xavier Gibson piece comes in. 
Um, yeah, they they totally messed that up. Like that that's they wanted to replace Berrios, right? That was the idea. And they replaced Berrios with two guys who couldn't play. And Berrios, who, you know, for whatever, you know, he's not the greatest receiver in the world, but Berrios is out there every week, made plays when he, you know, he dropped a big one in Minnesota, but he made plays on other other times and was a good returner. They they really screwed up in that part of the roster building. Yeah, for the hits that he's had with Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, he's had misses in free agency that are costing this team right now. And Randall Cobb was 100% and was scratched. Is there reason? Is he just old and sucks? Or what I, mean, I think he would be better than Malik Taylor. I don't know. I think he should be active. Why, why was he a healthy scratch? Uh, I don't want to use those mean words you used. But... I'm going to say he's a jag. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not a jag because he has he's he's had a great career. He's 33 years old. Okay. So he's had a great career at this point in his career. He might be a Jag, but he, I don't want to, I don't want to disrespect what he's done in his career. That's what but, I mean. Now his career is yeah, great. Now, right yeah. Now, I mean, yeah. yeah, he just like, you guys have seen it. He, he played the first six games. And what'd you think? Were you, were you really impressed with Randall Cobb? Like I, I'll say this, Jake, I wrote this the other day. Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks who's ever lived. He should not be a general manager when he retires <laughs> because Nathaniel Hackett is here because of Aaron Rodgers. Alan Lazard is here because of Aaron Rodgers. Randall Cobb is here because of Randall Aaron Rodgers. Dalvin Cook is here because of Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure Billy Turner is here because of Aaron Rodgers. And Odell Beckham would be here because of Aaron Rodgers. And Beckham just scored his first touchdown for a really good football team this week. So Aaron as a GM, not so good. Aaron as a quarterback, great. But yeah, I think they've been trying to phase Cobb out, trying to figure out how to, like, you could see it before the bye. Gibson was playing more. Uh, I talked to Cobb at his locker on Wednesday, Jake, and he was not happy. So I can say that he was, he was, what did he say? What did, what did he have to say? He didn't have much to say. Our interview lasted 30 seconds, but <laughs> he has, uh, if you ever look at him, Jake, he has blue eye, like really like, like, pay, like pale blue eyes. And he basically was staring through my soul as I asked him questions about being a healthy scratch. He said it was the first time in his career he's ever been a healthy scratch. And no one likes to, everyone wants to play. You know, he said that kind of stuff, but it wasn't what he said, Jake. It was how he said it. Staring into your soul. God, I, I love a video of that. I wish the SNY cameras were rolling uh, for that. Antonio, Santonio used to wear red contacts on game day, Jake. He would have red eyes and he would, and Santonio had a stare. That was like when he talked to you, that was intimidating. Demon eyes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. The, the cameras weren't rolling like they were on. Joel Sherman and Brian Cashman in that UFC battle the other day, uh, the GM meetings, that would have been interesting to say, yeah, I, I feel for the guy. I mean, he came in for Aaron Rodgers. He's gone. He's got a bum quarterback and he can't even be out active. I mean, it's unbelievable at this point of a, a great career. The question is not like now, if he's not even, if he's not even active on the field, do the Jets bring him back for Aaron Rodgers next year? Like it's, do you bring him back because of Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers said, no, bring him back. It doesn't seem like that. Uh, I don't think that's happening. Um, Jets Raiders on Sunday night football in Vegas. And man, I'm glad I never booked the trip because now it's Aiden O'Connell versus Zach Wilson. Woo, um, Sunday I'm night sh- football. I would have like been Rico. at I would have been at the blackjack table during the game. I wouldn't be able to watch it. I'd be playing roulette. I'd be putting all on 21. Um, the Jets are one point favorites. The line's been moving a little bit around there, half a point, one and a half. Listen, the Raiders are playing. They played well, but again, it's the Giants, and they were going against Tommy De- DeVito. They're playing hard for Antonio Pierce, though. They're smoking victory cigars after the game. This team has some talent. They have a, 
you know, all pro player in, in Crosby. They have a good running back in Josh Jacobs, although their run game has been one of the worst in the NFL this year. Their pass game has been terrible. They're 32nd last in the NFL, 3.2 yards to carry. On offense, their defense has been towards the worst in the NFL. They're second to last cause against the run, which, you know, I called for Brees Hall game last week, but this game has got to be the Brees Hall game. Jets, Raiders, make your pick, preview the game. I don't think this is going to be great primetime television, Jake. Um, I don't see how the Raiders can score. The Jets defense is just playing out of their minds right now. And, you know, if you look at it last week, one touchdown was a uh, punt return or one touchdown was the ball was on the one yard line. Another touchdown was a fumble at the 50. So like Chargers benefited from the uh, off- the offensive mistakes and they- and the Chargers have a great quarterback and the Jets held him down. No offense to Aiden O'Connell, but I can't see how they're going to move the ball in the Jets. That being said, the Jets offense is also playing in this game. So how are they going to move the ball? I do think Max Crosby could wreak some havoc in this game, but I am going to go with Jets 10 Raiders seven. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. You're taking the Jets. That's that's a yeah, start. This, I mean, this has the classic feel to me of like Jets win an ugly game, and you all you lunatic fans on Monday morning are like, they're a game out of first place. We're oh my god, we're going to the playoffs, ah, and, and you're back because like this week everyone's down, everyone's down on the team, and then next week you'll be back, and then they go to Buffalo, and we'll see what happens there. Yeah, and that's why I my favorite word must win. You got to win this one because I I don't think they're beating Buffalo, and I don't, I don't know if they're gonna beat Miami on Black Friday. Honestly, I just I don't feel that good about that game either. Although Miami has come down to earth, I agree it's gonna be ugly. I didn't have ten seven. That is truly ugly. I think Zach is gonna suck in the first half, like you said. I think Boyle comes in the game and leads the team in the second half to victory. Jets seventeen, Raiders. 16. Wow. I think the Jets scratch it out. Raiders cover. Barely. It's down to one. It's a push. Oh, I guess it's a push. Yeah, I would stay far away from betting on this game. Yeah, I would not bet this game. Do you remember, Jake, do you remember the game in 2012 when the Jets played the Cardinals at MetLife? That was the one you said was the worst one. Seven, six. game I've ever yeah. covered. Yeah, that this, could, this game could have that feel. And that game, Greg McElroy came off the bench, led them to one touchdown in the second half, and they won seven to six. Well, if they go to Boyle, it's all like Boyle starts next week too, right? Like if Boyle comes think, in, I would think. I mean, some of the sometimes when you do it in game, you can you can reel it back in and say, okay, like you know, I thought we needed to spark, but Zach still gives us a better chance to win. They might be able to spin it that way, but it feels like if he, if he leads you to win, Jake, then you know, I think you're I think you're going with him the next week. Is he that immobile? Like you see him in practice, can one can he throw? Is he capable of throwing? And two, is he that immobile where? A banged up Jets offensive line, he's screwed. Well, I haven't, we don't get to watch practice, Jake, during the season. So I haven't seen him. I saw him in training camp. Hard to tell mobility in training camp, honestly, because you can't be tackled. So, like, you know, and even in practice, he can't be tackled. So I don't make a big deal about the mobility. Like, Zach is mobile. He was sacked eight times last week. (laughs) So it's really not about mobility in the NFL as much as getting rid of the ball. Like, can he get rid of the ball quickly? I don't know. I, I haven't seen him play enough. Like that's to me, that's the key to this whole thing with I, I, the offensive line. When I watched that tape, I thought five of the eight sacks were on Zach. I thought he held the ball too long five times. So 
that to me is the key to the whole thing is is and like Mike White, this is where well, Mike White kind of excelled at. Mike White could get the ball out of his hands. Mike White isn't going to be confused with Dan Marino, but like he could get the ball out of his hands. He could keep the offense moving. He took advantage when the defense made mistakes. I haven't seen enough of Boyle. I have to think if Boyle was really good at that stuff, he'd be starting somewhere. So, you know, I, I, we're at the point, Jake, where the argument, can it get worse than this, is a fair argument. So, uh, you know, they, I did Jake, I did the newsletter for Post Plus, and I looked at their uh, the first series of the game for the Jets each week. Do you, like, realize how bad it's been for the they first They punt series? almost every time, I feel like. They punted seven of the eight times, and the eighth time was a fumble. Okay. They haven't scored a touchdown on their first series since November 27th of last year when Mike White threw it to Garrett Wilson against the Bears. They haven't scored a point on their first series since the Jaguars game in December of last year when they kicked the field goal after the defense forced a turnover at like the 18-yard line. Just this one was the one that I loved, Jay. They The first play of the, the season, this has been forgotten because of what happened with Aaron. First play of the season was a handoff to Brees Hall, and he went up the left sideline for 26 yards. 26 yards, okay? First series, Right now, on the first series of games, in the first eight games, if you look at their rushing yards, they have 27 rushing yards in the first series of games. The first play of the season was a 26-yard rush. They have gained one yard running the ball since then because of all the negative plays they've had. They have so many negative plays. They've been sacked four times. Like, And, Jake, my point, like you could say, hey, well, why are you isolating that series? Theoretically, Nathaniel Hackett, and his coaching coaches are in a room on Tuesday and saying, okay, I watched the tape of the Raiders. I think these plays are going to work the best against this defense. This, these are the plays I love. This is going to be what we do to open the game. They go out, they give that to the players. On Wednesday, they practice it. On Thursday, they practice these plays. On Friday, they practice these plays. On Saturday, they walk through these plays. And on Sunday, the first 15 plays are scripted because these are the best plays that are going to work Against this defense, seven punts and a fumble, Jake. Burn <laughs> the script. Burn right? it. Like, like that's that is damning to me as a coach. Like, you know, they can say, "Oh, it's not." You guys don't know. Like, that is damning to me. Like, this is that's coaching. Like, that's that's your job is to come out with a freaking game plan that's going to work, and they can't do anything, Jake. They can't. They they have they have four. First downs on the first series, okay? Four, two of them from penalties, okay? And the first play of the series, like the season was a first down. They didn't get another one until the little out pass to Brees Hall against the Giants. They went four games where they had 12 plays for negative one yard in the first series of the game. Like this is, these are theoretically your best plays. This is the game plan. This is what you worked on. Like everything else that happens in a game is an adjustment and that's coaching too. But it's a different part of coaching. I just, I can't wrap my brain around this about how you can be this bad at the start of games. Hack, you got Kaz fired up. You got Kaz about to curse on this show. Fix your problems. You know, you laugh at me with the reverse. I haven't seen one reverse from this team ever. ever. Maybe they need to open with reverse. And like, look, he tried, he tried tempo last week. They came out, no huddle. I give him credit for trying something. Didn't work, you know, but he tried something. But you know, I'm. We're recording this Thursday morning, Jay. I'm going to get my car after this and go see, go to Nathaniel Hackett's press conference, and he won't have any answers. But we'll see what he says. I've written this, Jake, and I'll say it again. So far, what we know about Nathaniel Hackett is he's been a good friend to Aaron Rodgers. We don't know anything else. 
that's 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 the list of his accomplishments with with the Jets, right? Like he he delivered Aaron Rodgers, which was a huge huge thing. But he's done, you know. There's no improvement from Michael Fuller that I see right now. And you know he's playing with the same quarterback, so you can say, ah, you know, backup quarterback, but it's the same guy Lafleur had. And when Lafleur did have Mike White and even Joe Flacco, the offense looked better. Uh, so maybe maybe they do go to Tim Boyle, and maybe Nathaniel Hackett looks better with Tim Boyle. Yeah, and I think that plays a part in it. Hackett has been terrible play calling, suck. But when your quarterback, and here's the problem: Zach was 13 to 27 when he held the ball for more than two and a half seconds on Monday night. So when he holds the ball and has to find a second read, his first read's not there. He can't. He is terrible at second read, and you know you got to roll him out to at some point. You got to roll him, get him out of the pocket, and he's got to use yeah. his legs. If he can't throw the ball down the field, he's got to run. Cause a they little. Try to roll him out. It's hard to roll out, Jake, when you have Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa on the outside. I'll I'll, I'll say that Crosby so will be he, tough too. Oh so, yeah, so he's going. Oh, roll him out. Well, you're rolling him into Khalil Mack or to Joey Bosa, like. That if you're the tackle, you're saying, please don't roll out because at least if I can, at least if I can just let this guy shove me for five yards, we've got a chance. If I have to prevent him from getting outside, that's tough. So it's like, it's simple to say that it's, it's a little bit harder to do. Um, but I do think, you know, I've, you've asked this question before and I've asked it to them, to the coaches and stuff. Like, why don't they do more design runs for Zach? Like we see him run. He's got ability. They always say, oh, he's not Lamar Jackson. His running style is more like Patrick Mahomes, which is like you have to rush, you know, if there's nothing there. I think we're at the point, though, where, like, you got to try it a little bit because I don't. this is going to sound crude, and I don't mean it to, but I think they were worried early on in his career if he got injured doing that. I think the risk versus reward is sort of evened out a little bit more, you know, and so I hope he doesn't get hurt. I'm not saying that. I hope he doesn't get hurt, but I do think you got to risk that a little bit because maybe that could spark the offense. Yeah, he's not Aaron Rodgers. If he gets hurt, listen, we don't root for injury here. If he gets hurt, he gets hurt. That's part of the NFL, guys get hurt. You got to put your season on the line. This is your Jets career on the line on Sunday, and that's not a hyperbole. If Zach Wilson has another atrocious game, his Jets career could be wrapped up. So draw everything you got. And run the damn ball. You know, I mean, they had 26 or 27 dropbacks in the first half the other night and 10 rushes. 10 design rushes. Uh, like, no, no, no. Like you just got to keep trying to run the ball. Even if it's not, if it's not working that well, just, just keep trying. Like it's, you got like Brees Hall is your best weapon, you know, run the ball. Watching back the condensed game. I think whenever I watched it yesterday or Tuesday, I was yelling at my TV every time that went through the, all, every offensive highlight. It wasn't the all 22 I was watching, but just the normal highlights. It was unwatchable. I, I'm almost glad I was there because watching it on TV, my TV might've been broken. I mean, it was infuriating. Let's see the run and let the, the even there was a screen pass. He, he threw it into the dirt because he just he had time, but he just wanted to get rid of it. No, and no, he threw no, it but, the gr- but they, he was right there. I think it was Bosa. Somebody read it, and someone yeah. if you watched it, Jake, they they came off and they were sitting there. He was gonna he was gonna throw an interception if you do that screen pass. I I don't fail, fault him there, but like and like we banged on Zach all, all podcasts, right? I will say this too, Jake. There there were plays that the Jets offense made, and then penalties brought them back. Like when you watch that, when you watch the game, you're like, holy crap, like. Garrett with a block in the back, illegal shift on Lazard. Like it felt like every time they did make a play, there was a penalty. So they do have to clean that stuff up too. That pissed. Whenever there's a legal, sh- like the most simple, stupid penalty when a play works and then that happens, like coaches got to be better, players got to be 
better. Well, Jets Raiders Sunday night. Cause will be traveling, so we'll have a guest co-host uh, come on for Monday morning. And joining me next on Gangs All Here will be Paul Eston Jr., a.k.a. Boy Green. Again, the fair question. I don't know. You got me. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plead the fifth on all this one. <laughs> We're back, gang's all here, podcast, New York Post, Jake Brown, bringing on a first-time guest. We did a little crossover. I did his show this morning at 7.30 o'clock. I'm just going to pat myself on the back here, waking up that early, had the alarm set for 7. You know, I'm 32 years old. It, it's time for me to become an adult. Like, the fact that 7 a.m. is early for me, can only imagine you doing every day, the people who do it every day to go to work. I've been blessed that I haven't had to wake up for like a nine to five. And since COVID, it's been working from home. So I'm either pantless or in shorts, just hanging out. Uh, I, you know, I've almost forgot what jeans were. Everything's been from home, but it's good to bring on to the show. Heavy sports jets, digital reporter. He is the electric factory uh, on Twitter. Paul Andrew Eston Jr. AKA boy green. He hosts the man child show. On the score, 1260 from 10 a.m. to noon up in Syracuse, a.m. radio is good and grand. Boy, Green, welcome to the show. How you doing? What's popping, baby? Long overdue. Glad to uh, finally be on the program. This is phenomenal. This is a great honor, obviously. And uh, you can't tell whether me or you are wearing pants right now. So you know what? Uh, let's just hang it out. Yeah, I am in shorts. Don't worry, folks. I, I but like, there's been times when I do I do the Met show, Amazing but True, Nelson Figueroa, and he'll stand up and he's in his underwear. I'm like, put some pants on. I didn't want to see that. We can confirm we do have pants on. The uh, Robert Sala might not. His pants came off when he uh, when he for one second said, uh, "Yeah, I'm I'm sticking with Zach," and then 15 minutes later, Mike K show said, "I plead the fifth on why we haven't made a change." So we talked about it on your show. It's very interesting going to Raiders week. What happens? Is the least short on Zach? How much more time does he have? Is, you know, you can't keep defending him if you start going on a losing streak because right now you're still in the race. And if you lose a few more, you're going to quickly be out of it in December like you were last year when you went on the big losing streak. What's your whole take, uh, Boy Green, on the Sala, you know, pancake flip-flop? And is this a mandate coming from Joe Douglas and Woody Johnson and above to keep playing Zach? Wow, what a shout-out to Michael Kay on the line of questioning to get there because it didn't come on the initial quarterback question. It came on the quick follow-up, and he gave a little mustard on that sandwich to say, you know, why not give Trevor Simeon a chance? And then Sal was like, good question. It's a good question. Uh, what you see um, – well, you know, uh, I sh- uh, he tried a few times to try to start the car. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm just gonna be honest. I, you know, I, I plead the fifth. This just isn't happening. And then you almost hear like a scoff from some other other radio. It's like, what? What did he just say? So I think the real telltale to your leash question is Saturday. Saturday, the Jets have to make their call-ups if there's going to be any for the practice squad elevations. And right now, the only other quarterback on the roster is Tim Boyle, and the Jets seem would rather start me or you at quarterback than Tim Boyle uh, based on everything they've seen is that uh, they've uh, not even considered that as an option. Simeon, on the other hand, obviously has a lot more proven experience. He was a Pro Bowl alternate a handful of years ago. 
And uh, he and Zach have basically had the same amount of starts in their career, 30 to 29. And in Trevor Simeon's 30 starts, he has 42 touchdown passes. And, and Zach Wilson's technically 29, but it's kind of 30 after replacing Rodgers week one. He only has 20. That is less than half of the production. So almost why not? So I think if the Jets call up Trevor Simeon on Saturday, despite Salah earlier in the week saying he wouldn't, Salah never lies, of course. Salah's a straight shooter. But if that, that to me will be a red flag, like, okay, maybe to your point, Jake, that we're going to have that leash because if Simeon gets called up, we're like, whoa, okay, things just got a little more serious and the pressure's on Zach Wilson uh, to deliver here. On the mandate thing, I'm not sure. I, I don't know if I buy it because Robert Sala, his ass is on the line. The cheeks are on the line. If I know my ass is on the line, even if they say nothing, I'm at, I'm the one at the presser. I'm the one taking the ball. It's not Joe Douglas who speaks twice a year, not Woody Johnson who speaks randomly maybe at an owner's meeting. Like, I'm the one on the line, so I'm like, you know what? I don't want to lose my job. I'm, I'm putting in Boyle or Simeon or whoever I believe would give me the better chance. So I'm not sure if I go there because, again, is Salah just going to dive in front of the bullet for the president and then we'll never know if he would have had a quarter back chance i'm not sure if i buy that yeah it's 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 very intriguing there's so many layers to this and robert Saul is gonna you know they're making two second movies and third movies and remakes liar liar two featuring robert sala playing the role of jim carrey uh it'd be a balder version maybe not as good of an actor but it's in the running but yeah i mean it, and it's interesting if simeon is elevated it really tells you just how bad i mean boyle is i mean how is this guy got nowhere near the field at this point what would you like to be uh, done? Like, do do you think do you replace Zach? Listen, Zach's starting. Unfortunately, I, I think they should have made the switch. But Zach is starting this game. After this game, if he fails, would you like to see a switch? Or are you in the boat of um, the Zach Wilson, as our buddy Jake says, truthers is the word? Uh, are you in the boat of these guys are not better? Just keep throwing Zach out there. I think you need change and whatever that comes in. I think it is insanity. And Sal even references this may have been during the Michael K interview, because, again, he's not giving your boy uh, Brian Costello any juice, any meat for the stories to put food on the table for his family. Uh, Come on, Sal, hook a brother up for Pete's sake. But that's neither here nor there. But I would say that the fact of the matter is with this for me. For the New York Jets, it's time for change. And he said he's not changing play call. And I'm not surprised the Aaron Rodgers connection. Okay, you're not fixing that. But if you're not going to change the lineup, you're not going to change quarterback, you're just going to continue to say, hey, guys, we're close. We're close. We're close. Like, I I can't keep drinking that Uh, uh, Kool-Aid. If I do, this is like one of those cult situations where I'll drink the Kool-Aid and then we're all not here in 20 minutes. That's the problem. We've been drinking too much of this gosh darn uh, Kool-Aid. So I want a quarterback change. I want some kind of change if things don't happen in the Raiders game, which, again, uh, leading up to this point as uh, we're doing the show, there's not going to be a quarterback change to the starter immediately at the beginning of the game. It doesn't seem like there's a significant lineup change outside of injury uh, that we're going to get. So if we get the same Garbaggio against the Raiders, I think it's time to pull the plug on something. And I think Hackett has uh, the hall pass uh, from the wife where he uh, now that he's invincible. I don't think anything's happening to him this year. And it can't because you risk, uh, you know, upsetting Aaron Rodgers. So I think it's got to be a QB change is probably the only thing you could do after this game of significance to make some sort of change. Are they better? I don't freaking know. We haven't seen any of them, but well, we got it. Change is change. It, you know, to, to create some sort of spark, to have a chance for a spark, that seems to be the only real option they would have after this Raiders game. And also, if you were worried, you know, about the old line and the injuries, and I get it, like, why Simeon? Why not go after, like, Josh Dobbs and get a more mobile quarterback who you can be less worried about, might have to run for his life, 
if, you know, Newman or uh, any eighth string right guard that they're putting out there, you know, gets beat. Like, why not go for a mobile quarterback? If both these guys are mobile, then you did a poor job with roster construction here. And that's very concerning. Boy Green 25 on Twitter is where you can find him. Um, and check out his YouTube at Boy Green 25 as well. But I don't know. This is it's getting harder and harder to watch. And yeah, like if they suck it up and they're four and five, you got to make a change because at four and five, you're still in the running. As much mm-hmm. as it's probably going to be over at that point, you're still in this thing, and you can't keep letting these losses uh spiral out of control. What do you think about this Raiders game? Do you I said on your show, I said I said on this show, I'm picking the Jets. Maybe it's homerism. Maybe it's the, the Jets defense is just better. Um, the Raiders are gonna play hard, but I think uh there's the kick in the ass that Zach will need if if you know if he sucks. I think he's aware in the back of his mind that it's over. It's 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 about to be over. He's on the peak of the mountain, he's about to fall off, and it's time that he shows out. So I think I don't know if it'll be a statement game. But it'll be, you know, a much stronger game than what we've seen. What do you think about this Raiders game? Make your pick. Yeah, I'm just going to be blunt. Uh, you know, when the Jets beat the Giants, we're like, whoa, even the Jet players are like, oh, boy, we got pretty lucky. They're not sure we should have had that one. The Raiders beat the Giants. We're smoking victory cigars, smoking doobies in the locker room of cigar fashion. And I'm like, what in God's green earth is happening here? So I think sometimes, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. Antonio Pierce got the it's almost like when Adam Gase was fired for the Jets. Anyone after him would have been better. A a tremendous honeymoon period, like phenomenal. So like Antonio Pierce, oh, thank God he's not Josh McDaniels. That feels like that's what the real celebration was about. And then all of a sudden the steam runs out and then Antonio Pierce is going to have to coach like the Giants shot themselves in the foot and the quarterback injury and everything else and maybe that happens again where the Jets shoot themselves in the foot enough and then they lose but to me I think the Jets are going to win this game think about all the quarterbacks the Jets have shut down this year Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Patrick Allen, now Aiden O'Connell, random Purdue fourth round quarterback coming up in here. I think the Jets defense is going to eat him for breakfast and set up some of those turnovers, which gives the Jets offense short fields where they have no choice but to score because they're right there on the precipice. Now, of course, the big thing is what are you doing with Max Crosby? Hopefully they circle him. Salah told a funny Crosby story. I got a funny Crosby story. Double and triple team that man as much as possible. Every play. Where's Max? Max Crosby. Oh, there he is. And stop that man, because that to me is the key where everything can collapse. If you get a pass rusher who's uh, going buck wild and he's fantastic and a, and a really talented player, but like this entire coaching staff beyond Antonio Pierce, like Josh McDaniels was the offensive coordinator. He's gone. He was also the head coach. Of course he's gone. The GM's gone. Like they're in disarray. And again, they had a little pop of flash and excitement. Sometimes we see this from interim coaches, but uh, I, I, I think the fizzle runs out here. I, I think the New York jets win this big game when they need it the most. I don't know if it's pretty necessarily, but shoot uh, wins are wins. And uh, as Robert Sauer said, you don't ask how you got him. You just how you ask how many you have. So I think uh, the jets get, uh, get the W here. Yeah, I don't think any jet win is pretty. I mean, they're all ugly. They're all sloppy. You're all you and them like, did we just win that game? Uh, that seems. I mean, the Giants game is the classic example. I mean, that was just the Giants handing it to the game to the Jets on a silver platter. I mean, give us the caviar call today and we'll eat it all up. Solid. It's very interesting here because, yeah, we, we are. You know, we think that if they don't make the playoffs, he's canned and he's fighting for his job, but. Aaron Rodgers seems to be the GM. He seems to call all the shots here. 
and we expect him to come back next season. We'll see about this season. He's kind of backtracking a little bit, saying now that he's farther away. It's funny, as the Jets start losing games and Zach starts being terrible, and the record gets worse, he's starting to get further away, where if they were winning at over 500, you know, he'd be like, I'll be, I'm on my way. Um, I don't buy into what he told the Charger, whoever Charger player in a few weeks. It's not going to be in a few weeks. If it happens, it's it's like the Cleveland game or the New England game, last game of the year, and that's if the Jets are you know in a win and in kind of scenario. But you got to think he's going to fight for Salah. I mean, he claims that Salah was part of. That. I know Hackett's the number one reason, but raved about Salah and Salah's a player coach. I mean, to the core. I mean, he will never rip a guy, which at some points bothers me. This is the NFL. He he kind of treats these guys like their kids sometimes and I wish he kind of kicked them in a kicked them in the rear end at points but Sala might back him and I, I'm not on the team oh I hate Sala he should be gone but if they are a five and a, you know 11 or five and 12 whatever it is um, or they miss out on the playoffs and they have a sub 500 season I think time has to be up but you know Rodgers the way he's talked about him he might defend Sala and say no bring him back for what could be my final year yeah, I'm going to be honest. I think it's a great point because, you know, he being Salah and Woody Johnson and Hackett, all these guys made the trip over to sell Aaron Rodgers. Again, that wasn't a lot. The Packers said, sure, you could talk to him. And then they flew cross country and the meeting could have went horribly. And then now, nah, OK, thank you for the info. I do not want I intend to never play for the Jets is what Rodgers could have said. But uh, when they all came over, uh, Salah was a big piece, apparently, that sold Rodgers to come here beyond Hackett and everything else in the town on the roster and stuff. So to me, if Woody decides to mess around with any piece of whatever that equation looks like, firing Salah, uh, again, Douglas seems more uh, more unlikely than that. But Douglas or whoever, then Rogers goes, you know what? That's not what I signed up for. I didn't sign up for this. I signed up for that. And uh, that could ruffle some feathers. So it's almost like we're all stuck in the upside down and that like no matter what happens, everyone has to stay perfectly aligned to allow Rodgers to have the same carpet that he had when he came in the first time. So I think outside, I mean, of like an epic collapse to you mentioned the potential of a five and 12 season, the locker room being lost, all kinds of drama in the streets. If some stuff like that happens, you can never say never. And maybe some firings have to happen. But outside of that, right, they they give it the good old college try. And they're like, I don't know, seven and 10 again or eight and nine or something. And Rodgers doesn't because it wasn't close enough to come back like they weren't in a win in your in scenario. I still think the whole band. All right, let's bring it back together one more time and go amazing. Maybe a little aggressive, Devontae Adams trade, the offseason, something of that nature, and rally the troops and let's give uh, one more run for Rodgers sort of thing. I could see that. But again, for the firings or anything of that nature to happen, in my opinion, I think it has to be a crazy collapse and crazy player drama for us to reach that point because of all the connections to Rodgers and keeping him happy. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be very intriguing to see how it plays out because I think some people are hitting the point of they're sick and tired of Sala and the excuses and and defending players who are just flat-out god-awful, and that's the kind of coach he is. But it's, it's, you know, it's not going to be as fun to listen to when uh, the team misses out on the playoffs. Again, you talked about fights in the streets. There was Twitter fights in the streets, and it, it might be Quentin Williams versus Troy Aikman on the UFC card. But then Boy Green versus Michael Nania on the other side of the UFC card. That could be the prime time fight. Uh, I'll start with the uh, the PG side, and that's Quinn versus Aikman. What would you think of that whole uh, feud? And uh, if you missed it, what, what did he say? Aikman said 
Uh, he's the biggest paid decoy. And Quinnen said, no, Quinnen doesn't speak up much. He said at the, at the end of the meeting, he's like, can I just say something quick? I never said that to Troy Aikman. I don't know what he's talking about. What do you think of that whole feud? Yeah, because when I was watching the game, it kind of perked my ears up because, again, the way Troy Aikman told us the story, it's as if Quinn and Williams in their player-player meetings, again, uh, you know, when broadcasters have a game, Monday Night Football, they have unparalleled access to players, coaches, and everything, and they're supposed to dump all their dirty secrets on the table to help Troy and Joe do a better broadcast and to kind of tell the story of the game. And when he said that, it sounded like a direct quote from Quinnen about being the highest paid decoy, almost complaining, like, man, I should be getting a ton of sacks. And now I'm just this I'm a, this really highly paid guy to help out others. And it sounded selfish. The comment, I'm like, and it perked my ears up in the middle of the game because, again, we're in the middle of, oh, geez, what the hell's happening? But it, for a second, I almost noted like, wow, that was weird. Troy said that, oh, man, would Quinnen have really said that sort of thing? And then Quinnen didn't really address it over the coming days. So I said, oh, man, maybe I guess it was true. And then Quinnen at the end of his media availability, out of his own, like he went out of his way. He wasn't asked a question about it. Just as the presser was over and the media person's about to pull him away, he goes out of his way to say, hey, just say, no, I didn't say that. Colin Troy Aikman a liar. Oh, boy, juicy. Again, I'm side with the player here. Troy must have misheard. Uh, or misrepresented or tried to put like his own opinion of what Quinnen is. And he, and he put it out there and it was interpreted as something Quinnen said, he should have been more clear if uh, you know, my opinion here, this like Quinnen said this, that's what he said. So uh, that part of it, I know it's a, he said, she said thing, but it doesn't sound like Quinnen all year long. He's been talking about Bryce Huff or Jermaine Johnson and opening up ops for the others. He only cares about winning. They've asked him about his lack of stats. He said, I don't care. I just want to win. That's the only stat. I care about. So he's been the selfless guy. So for it to turn selfish for a Monday night football interview in the middle of the season seemed bizarre. So uh, Troy uh, maybe taking a few too many hits there at the end of the 90s. Yeah. And it looks like Q won that battle. Now you versus Michael Nania. Who wins that battle? How did, you know, the Jets Twitter was up in a blaze. Was this the trade deadline day or it was right around there? I think when it this was. happened, give us yeah. the backstory. I think he's from Jets X Factor, not even being like me. I had not heard of him. I was not following him. So I had to uh, give him a follow. I have followed you for a while, but uh, I had not heard of him. So, and I don't mean that in a mean way. Like, who is this guy? I just didn't know. He he's, looks like he has a pretty good following, but how did that, debate begin and uh will we be taking this into the streets or into the karate battle <laughs> yeah uh, so uh on trade deadline day it was that tuesday which was a halloween uh it was uh that day apparently this is a shtick he does like I- i've followed him for a while but it- apparently it's a shtick he does is where he apparently just does things to rile people up but it's a joke i don't know so he tweeted out a pair of eye emojis and exploding head like on trade deadline day. So as soon as I saw that tweet, I immediately go to Schefter and Ian Rapport. I'm like, oh my God, did the Jets trade for Devontae Adams? Ooh, what happened? And I see nothing. I see nothing. I'm like, what the hell? I go back to Nania and a lot of people are kind of calling him out for this tweet. And uh, he responds to one of the people and says, oh, I didn't know anything, you know? And uh, so he was just playing around. And I, I said, I screenshot it because he ended up deleting the tweet and just said, you know, kind of a dick move, pal, to kind of be jerking people around on trade deadline day. Like, you know, it's kind of weird behavior, man. And uh, I didn't tag him or anything, but I knew plenty of fans were going to anyway. Not like I was hiding it. Just kind of saying to the rest of the world, hey, let's not be a dick today, huh? Let's try to do our part in society. You know, that's my life lesson. Every day I wake up, I'm like, hmm, let me try not to be a dick. That's what I say to myself. So I'm like, okay. 
And uh, so uh, hours go by or something. All of a sudden, Michael Nandia comes back. A couple of screenshots, clown behavior, and uh, all kinds of other things going after him. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Oh, we're, oh, we're getting serious now. And uh, he kind of made – so my whole shtick on Twitter – that I think some people have enjoyed is I try to consume Jets content from everywhere. Uh, the gang's all here podcast, the whatever. And I don't think everyone gets a chance like me to uh, consume Jets content from all over the internet. So I try to do that for them and make my Twitter like a hub, like, oh man, in case you missed it on Bleach Report, they said this about the Jets. Here they said this. And it's all collection. The Quentin Williams story, the the quote video that it, it didn't seem like it was really out there. I'm like, oh, let me tweet out that clip. If anyone didn't see it, goes viral. People see it and all that stuff. So he kind of made fun of the tweets and thinks I just kind of copy people and stuff. And I said, hmm, you want to know what's interesting? Here's a follow-up, jetsxfactor.com, the website at which he works. Here's all these articles where he used my tweets for his article. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, now we're making fun of things. <laughs> what about these, pal? Hmm? What's going on here? And then it's quiet in the Twitter streets. Nothing's happened. So it was, it was shot, shot, shot. And then it was it was quiet. And then someone yelled out, they should fight. And when he said that, a light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, a fight? That'd be funny. And and uh, I jumped on Twitter like, I don't know, 2013, 2014 or something. I've been doing martial arts since 2008, the last uh, 15, 16 years. And uh, I'm, I'm soon to be testing when the, the ACL recovers for my fourth degree black belt test. But at the beginning of my Twitter world, before it was just all Jets, I, I said I in my head, I'm like, I think I remember tweeting out Taekwondo videos. Let me check. Boy Green Taekwondo videos. Do, 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 do. Search. And all these videos came up. I said, you know, it would be hilarious. I'm not going to tag Nanny. I'm not going to tag anything Jets. I'm just going to send martial arts quotes from my house and random things and just tweet them out and let people interpret them how they will. And I sent out the first one. It goes viral immediately. Like, Nanny, now what? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, people are digging this. Tweet, 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 tweet. You know, uh, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the, uh, fight in the dog. Boom, boom, boom. And sending all these things. And then it just went crazy. And people were like, someone said, I'm going to set up the pay-per-view card made of that Nanny, a boy green. And then it just all went crazy. So phenomenal. I'm all for Let's do it. Let's do a charity fight. Jake Brown, you are the host, like almost Showtime Boxing, rest in peace. Showtime Boxing host for all the fights as, a, as our play-by-play guy. Let's get in the octagon. I want some mixed martial arts so I could use some of my, my Taekwondo action. And uh, let's let's roll it out. Let's do a big celebrity fight. I'm all for it. I advocate for it. Let's get into the octagon and, and settle all our differences. In one corner, we have from upstate New York, He's got the beard of Zeus. He's a fourth degree black belt. And you can hear him on the radio from 10 to 12. It's boy. Green. I hear it. I hear it, baby. In Let's the other do corner, it. it is clown behavior. He is from Jets <laughs> X Factor. But the X Factor is that he is stalled boy green tweets and then <laughs> called him a clown in return. Can he fight? We will find out tonight. It's Michael. No, 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 no. That's great. That's my ready content voice right there. I like that. I like that. Um, Let's dub that up. Michael Buffer. Uh, Yeah, that was that was fun to watch. Did he respond about the karate or is he? he No, no. So he just just, did. I think the only thing he did, uh, Jake Asman, he has this guy Gator something that works for him or does videos for him. And he made a little funny video of like, uh, you know, like dubbing our voices and stuff. And like uh, of Nanny calling me a clown and then me going in a Taekwondo dojo and giving a 
a backspin kick and his head pops off of this like animated video. Oh, I saw and then, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think Nanny responded. The only thing funny about this video is that he made us the same height because apparently he's some gangly bastard and I'm like five two on a slanted hill. And then that's when I said, oh, OK. So I quoted that with uh, I'm a big UFC guy. So uh, back in the day, the first fight that jumped in my head of like shorter guy fighting taller guy was uh, big country versus Stefan Struve. And I remember in that fight, even though there was a height difference, big country gave him an over the hand right and made that big building boop, 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 collapse like a used launcher. So I quoted uh, quote tweeted what Nanny has said and then gave that UFC fight clip where you're having uh, uh, Rogan. And uh, they're talking on there and they said, wow, there's clearly a big size difference in this fight. And I, I tweeted that and said, uh, you know, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight. And the dog and people went crazy. And then that's it. I think they just went, OK, that's enough. Thank you, everybody. God bless. And then he's never responded since. No. Wow. Put him in a body bag, folks. And, you know, that's what happens? I don't know if it's true, but size doesn't always matter in some cases. Mm-hmm. In this case, it doesn't. Listen, I'm six, three, but I'm nowhere near a yellow belt, whatever. I didn't know there were four. How many degrees of black belts? Fourth. The top there are one? nine degrees of uh, black belt. Yeah. Oh God. So nine is like Jackie Chan level. That's like basically the top, yeah. the top yeah. of the food chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, listen, Connor Hughes defended you very, very, it was very nicely. Nice. Connor, yeah. good dude. Good he boy. defended you. Uh, so that was good to see. Well, we'll set up the battle and then the Jets will battle the Raiders Sunday night football. Uh, we'll be back here on gangs all here for a show Monday. Kyle's will be traveling. So uh, I'll be doing that solo, maybe with a special guest. You can follow him on Twitter at BoyGreen25. Check out the Man Child Show with Boy Green 10 to 12 on the score 1260. Digital reporter at Heavy on Sports. Paul Andrew Eston Jr. Boy Green, thank you for coming on Gangs All Here. It was good to do a little crossover. I'm like jets down. I'm ready to take a break, and uh, we appreciate you coming on. We'll do it again. Uh, thanks, man. I don't know. What is that? A Quincy Anunua, Dustin Keller jersey? What's Dustin happening back Keller, there? Dustin Keller, actually. Oh, good, Dustin good, Keller. good. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, I love Quincy, too, but okay. That's good to know. That's good to know. But thanks for having me, man. Uh, you know, uh, first time, you know, long time, all that jazz. I appreciate you, man. Love a good first time, long time reference. We'll close this episode of Gangs All Here next. I'm not going to be honest. The only good thing that happened to me late tonight, early this morning, was making sweet, passionate love to my fiance which I did uh, after uh, the uh, article was written and that kind of stuff. That's the only good thing that happened. Not great. Terrible. Oh, man, that clip. (laughs) Boy, Green, Uh, if you're listening on audio about making sweet, passionate love to his fiance was truly incredible and probably definitely the best thing to come out of Monday night. After the Jets laws, thanks to Boy Green for joining me. And thanks to all of you for listening to episode 162 of Gangs All Here, a Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz and Mason Verdicchio for helping me in producing the show. You can watch us on that New York Post Sports YouTube page. You can listen to us on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, wherever you get podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up below. Comment below your predictions for the Jets game. Is it time? They bench Jack. Will they do it? You know, after halftime, if it's a bad first half, let us know in the comments your thoughts and your predictions. Follow me on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio and follow Cos at Brian Cos. For Brian Costello, I'm Jake Brown. I will be back likely with a guest co-host on Monday morning. You can hear me Sunday night right after the game on the Bleacher Report app. I'll be doing a quick post game, but also gang's all here. Make sure you catch us Monday morning, hopefully after a Jets much 
needed victory. Thanks, everybody, for listening. The gang's all here. Enjoy your weekend and enjoy the primetime Jets Raiders game. We'll talk to you Monday. Peace. The only good thing that happened to me late tonight, early this morning, was making sweet, passionate love to my fiance.